and welcome to the Steam Power Podcast. All right, live from beautiful downtown Southern Maryland, after almost nine months away, it's time for the Steam Power Podcast, episode number 79 for Sunday, October 23rd, 2016. We're a once a year podcast. <laughs> that well, brings you. We would like to be a bi weekly podcast, correct? <laughs> That's the goal, if, or at least monthly. <laughs> we are going to bring you the latest, the greatest, the best insights on science, technology, engineering, art, and math news. I'm Mike. I'm Lisa. It's time to get steamy once again. Long time no see. Yes, it has been. It's been a long time. We've been busy, and I've been pretty sick the last, goodness, six months, honestly. I mean, the beginning of the summer is when I started getting where my lymph nodes were swollen up, and it's been ever since then. And we don't do this podcast without you. That is the word. We could have. We could have, but we choose not to. Or you just didn't want to. And I'm lazy. <laughs> so it's it's really a win-win situation. I know I do want to do it. It's just, <clears throat> I think between day job, your sickness, um, Haley. Haley being yeah. a, like, you know. She's she started the, middle school. She's so like that's been like, in, and we have to get up at, uh, she early. has to get on the bus at 6.20 every morning. That's so cool. that's been an adjustment. Adjustment. And yes. Then, um, <laughs> Considering that last year... We left for school. We left for school at eight twenty-five. Two hours later. This year, she heads out the door for the bus stop at about six twenty-four, and if she runs, she can get to the end of the road by the time the bus gets there. And she often does. Yes. (laughs) So we're good. There has been more than a few days that she has taken off running as soon as she gets out of the house but she hasn't missed the bus yet Uh, we've had a couple days where i did take her due to pictures or something else but it uh, works and then we've had she's been sick this past week with a stomach bug so it's it's always something it is a change of season (laughs) yeah so uh let's see here enough about our woes or not really woes oh they're not gosh compared to what some people go through it's (laughs) i think we're pretty fortunate and blessed so let's see here so we're going to start doing little things different you you may notice that you can't see us right now not that you ever could see us really if you were listening to us but we're not going to do this as a video anymore right we're just going to do this. Well, if they watched it on YouTube, they could right. see us. Yeah. So for those of you who's only been doing this as a podcast, nothing changes. For those that were watching on YouTube, then it changes because we're not there anymore. So did you put up something on the YouTube I did. channel so, that says go to the podcast yep. or something? So the, the biggest issue was like maintaining 15 different websites was getting just – it was. You spend more time doing that than actually making content. Yeah, and it was hard for you to edit the video portion. It takes a lot more time. Than the audio portion, correct? Yes. Okay. So by moving everything to gearsofresistance.com, and then we'll tag it differently. So 
Steam Power Podcast will get tagged Steam Power Podcast, Gears of Resistance, which will still be a YouTube thing because that was going to be like a how-to series. So that is going to remain a video. But then the audio portions, again, will always be, you'll be able to find anything by hitting the right tag. And then straight on the top, you'll hit Gears of Resistance will take you to those episodes if you only want to watch those things. Steam Power Podcast will take you just to these. And then my blog will be on there as so it's all one stop shop now gearsresistance.com will take you to everything that you have to go used to have to go to three different websites to find which was a pain in the butt so that's that that's the change that's the strategy on the way ahead okay sounds good to me but the one thing we are going to streamline here though because it's steam power podcast right it's science technology engineering art math news so what we're going to do is we're going to do from now on we're going to just pick one of each we're just going to pick a science a tech and just do one, do basically five stories. I think that's a good way to go because I think we were running a little too long before. Yep. And I was getting tired of having repetitive space stories. To just like every episode we had like three stories about space. And I see that we have another one. This week, is there nothing There's, else going on in the field of science that does not involve Elon Musk? We're weaning, we're weaning ourselves off. I mean, it's, we, it's, we have got to wean ourselves off of the Elon Musk teat. Please. Please. Stop. <laughs> please. Yes, there is definitely more. You know, Elon Musk, he's a you know great guy, very innovative, all that kind of stuff, but... You know, th- uh, there's other people. There's there, other stuff. There is, there's, and we will, and that's you know. why we're going to force ourselves to get better at this. <laughs> but let's uh, let's let's quit sucking on the uh, musk teat, please. I think he would appreciate that personally too. <laughs> but before we go, actually, no, that's the technology story. So let's get. How about we just get into it? Oh, is that the technology story that's this week? The technology story. What? No, that's overlap. I didn't notice that. Engineering. No, you did not do that. No, it's in the it's in the show notes. I swear, I did not change anything. Why did I not notice that when I looked at them? Well, we're kind of committed now. I know we're committed now, but starting next podcast, I am going to do a better job at policing that. Look, because that is a science, science story. Tech, engineering. The tech art. story is the space yeah. story. Are you kidding? Because it yes, it's not about the no. It's not about the science of space. It's more about a oh technology. my goodness, seriously, no. There's too. There is way too much overlap there. Okay, so we still have not weaned ourselves from the two space stories a uh, podcast. Well, I can change thing. to this different one. I can change to this one. No, this. just just leave it. Leave it for today, and starting next podcast. I promise that I will do a much better job at policing the stories. Good job. Because I, for some reason, I just assumed that was the science story. And I didn't notice that there was another space. I don't know. Well, the thing is, remember, the thing is, like, steam is more of a spectrum than it is like buckets right like there is no clear yes, delineation I between what science but, or especially tech and engineering there is so much going on in the field of science and technology that we don't want to shoehorn ourselves into the space stuff constantly i agree i mean just like you said it's a spectrum and there are just so many other crazy, wonderful, weird, odd, you know, 
things that are going to influence us for years and years to come. Years. And we just keep on. It's my natural with the space stuff. It's like, my, it's I my mean, natural bias. I know. I you grew up in the Star Wars and the Star Trek and you know the whole space, the final frontier, and all that kind of stuff. But I, you know, there's there's more to life, man. <laughs> No. <laughs> All right. Well, All right, so next we wanna, time we next promise time we're going to we promise. We will limit it to one space At story. Most. We may not even. Next time we may live dangerously. And you know, we'll probably get some comments of people zero. who are like, oh, but I love the space stories. And we do get a blah, lot of blah, comments blah, from but, space stories. But I think in order to be a better balanced podcast, we should try to limit space stories to just All one, right. one per podcast. All right. Got it. I'm on it. I All promise. Right. All right. So with that note. <laughs> <laughs> I you, cannot believe I missed let's, that. Let's get, let's get into science. How did I miss that? Were you sad when they took away Pluto as a planet and made it a dwarf planet? Um, I wasn't sad, but I still think of it as a planet. Well, it's just, you know, when you're young and you are in elementary school and things get ingrained into your brain, it's just, it's been burned into my brain constantly growing up that Pluto is the last planet. So it's just hard for me to think of it now as not a full-fledged planet it is it is still as of this recording still not but don't worry because guess what we think that there is actually a ninth planet planet number nine okay okay so here's the science behind it right wait so wait now all of a sudden they found this ninth we haven't found it we we we, oh. we think there there's strong evidence and we think we're going to find it sometime like with a telescope in the next 16 18 months we think we're going to we're, we're we're getting close to where uh. we think it should be in the night so sky so how is it that is it what is it at way out beyond pluto yeah so so here's okay. the so here's the thing right so pluto is much closer than this planet yes, not so so as okay. of right now, so how far is this new planet we away think it's from Neptune? It's twenty times further the distance from Pluto or wow. Neptune. So imagine the distance between oh, us wow. and Neptune. Do that twenty more times, and that's how far we think this. Ma- but the thing is, it's ten times as big as Earth too. So it's so a really Pluto massive planet. Was twenty times closer to Neptune than this new planet is. Neptune? No, it's the distance between the from the Sun to Neptune. Yes. So and that's a big that's a lot of no. Huge I'm distance. saying the distance from Neptune to Pluto. I don't know off the top of my head. I, like I, what is the distance from, like how far in relation to where Pluto was is this new planet from Neptune? Not oh, from us. I would have to. From I, I don't know. I don't know that. So you're asking for what's the distance between Neptune and Pluto versus yes, the distance? Yes. Yes. I'm guessing it's a lot different. It's it's still massive. We're talking orders of magnitude. I okay. don't have the exact number, but we can find that out. The point is this. So here's why we think there's a ninth planet. So you know there's the sun, right? And all the planets, yes. um, all the now the named planet, not including Pluto, but all the planets kind of orbit the sun on the same plane, yes. right? It's like but Pluto does too, correct? I think Pluto's on a slight angle, actually, or it's on a retrograde. But there's just something different. There is something 
the, but the, consider okay. all the, the main planets that are still planets. Okay. They all orbit like on the same plane. Like we're all, like we're all on the same table. You know that, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it made me think um, it's like classical music and like I think it was Holden who wrote the planets, the uh, the orchestra piece and. I know, I think one of them is about Pluto, so it's like, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, for some reason I thought of that. All right, so here, here, here's <laughs> here's how maybe we can help understand it, so. Okay, yes. I was right, so. Sorry about the, uh, <laughs> the barge in there, but. So all the planets minus Pluto. Yes. Orbit on the same plane, plane. basically, yes. right? Okay. Well, it's like we're all in the same skating rink. Mm-hmm. Pluto. And so and, and so our plane. This is where we go. So our but our plane is tilted about six degrees off. Like if you were to draw, if the the I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From I the sun, it. right? So we yes. we the six degree slope basically that our yes. orbit makes around the planet. Oh, the sun. Yes. Pluto is unusual because it does about a seventeen degree. Angle. Okay. So now here's so is the, that something they had noticed at first? So we and they still just assumed it was a planet. We or? no. So we've been looking for because. We thought, again, we thought we 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 have found all the planets. So we're like, well, there must be some yeah. other explanation. Why, first of all, why does our plan? Why does why do all the planets tilt at a slight degree, six degrees? Mm-hmm. Why does Pluto then also tilt at a seventeen degree? See, to me, that would say that's made out of a different material or something. Well, so it's just that it's it's so that the buoyancy is different or something. Well, there's like no that? there's nothing floating in space. There's oh, no, I guess that's true, yeah. So what is happening <laughs> with we think now, so we you know as we science, or the magnetic pull is different or something. Gravitational. Yeah. Gravi- so we're 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 eliminating all the possibilities, right? We're like, uh, that's what and that's how science works, right? It's like you come with a yes. set of hypotheses and you're like, yep, it's well that's not going to explain it. Until you find that's an answer, not yes. explaining it. And you know, and so then you come to the best possible answer. So right now, it seems that the scientific community believes that the best possible answer is that there is a planet that is about ten times the size of Earth. That and here's and this is maybe will help you visualize. So Pluto, which is was before a couple of years ago, was the furthest planet out there, right? Yes. It took Pluto two hundred forty-eight Earth years to uh-huh. make one orbit, right? Yes. We think that this new planet is on an orbit that takes ten to twenty thousand Earth years to complete. Oh wow! So much further away, wow. right? <laughs> but it's Goodness. much. But it's huge. Like, and when we so we didn't think that a planet that, that big buy into them being able to see it with the telescope if the orbit is so far right away, like. So isn't it unlikely that it's going to be at a spot where they can see it? I don't know. We any time in the near or so. So the issue has been right that for thinking about it, if if you're a planet that has an orbit of twenty thousand years, right? Yes. And how long has humanity had the ability to look kind of into deep space? Oh gosh, Not, like hundred years. To, well, so like two hundred t- years. Basic telescopes, a couple hundred okay, years. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know the the really big massive. Or you could even go back farther than that you know and save the very rudimentary you know the point is understanding that space we think that that since basically since humanity has been kind of like scientific yes this planet has been the far side of the sun okay 
Right. And it we've, and, there's been no way that we could even right. know it was there. Okay. Visually, based on that makes optical sense. telescopes. That makes sense. Okay. So now what we're thinking is, we think now, though, that there's a place where basically the math can work in multiple areas, right? So now we have like this, we have this this slice of the night sky that we think mm-hmm. based on the math, the physics of it, where we think we should be able to find if there is indeed a ninth planet where we think we're going to find it in some time. And now we just got to scan the night sky. Why do they think that there is one? Like what evidence do they have? Because it's that points it's, to the fact that there is one. Right. So the, what, what it goes back to is the, the, the evidence for supporting why, why do all the planets have a slight tilt to their orbit? Mm-hmm. And it's because that we think now that this planet is basically pulling the planet. Like, so we're orbiting the planet oh, okay. like a drain. But we think this ninth planet is actually then, then pulling us up a little bit because of the gravitational pull. So we think that the gravity of this planet is kind of playing with the with our orbital our orbits of the sun. Because it's such so a massive planet. All like, the other planets. You think right. that it, they think it's affecting all of the, but why would it not affect Pluto? It well, that's what it does. It, so and Pluto's more so because it's so much smaller, right? So Pluto okay. is, it, so is we'll such wait, a tiny then, thing. Then why would it affect? And there's say, some other Jupiter issues. Jupiter the same as it would affect us. It is. So the, what we're saying is all the planets, all the planets mm-hmm. are have a, are exhibiting this six degree tilt off of where we think. If there was not a ninth planet, our orbits would be lo- would be six degrees lower. But our, so because our orbits our, are not on the same plane as they're on all the, the same other plane. plane. It's just the plane is tilted without with with no with we don't understand why. And the plane is tilted differently for each planet. No, they're all the same, except Pluto. Except for Pluto. Okay, so that's and there what could I'm be asking. other issues. Like if there could if be other this reasons. Planet is affecting Pluto like that. Then why why is it affecting like Jupiter and Earth? the same well so i mean the reason that pluto i guess the better question is why is pluto different and pluto could have been it could you know it was out there with a bunch of small bodies so it could have been impacted and tilted due to impact so it's 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 there's other reasons why pluto might be different okay because i'm just thinking you know like in in terms of size jupiter is much much bigger than earth so then why is it pulling jupiter the same as earth that's well, it's, it's all relative. So everything is being pulled relative to its distance and its size. Yes, I mean, but yeah, and I get that. because they all are, there, but there is this, all these, the whole, the orbital plane that we're all on. And you have to remember, you know, over time, this is, this is, this is something that's happened over billions of years as orbits have so steady So they're saying state. they think this planet is what has caused we, this six degree yes, tilt? Right. As of right now. Okay. It's... So we've just always had this tilt, and they didn't know why. Right, and they now, just thought it was some arbitrary. Well, we didn't. Okay, we did, it was arbitrary. We just didn't. We we've been thinking like, was it because we all when we were all when the when we were proto planets and we were all impacting each yeah. other before we were developing the. Basically, we've we've explored all the what ifs, and right now. Again, I'm not not being an astronomer or an astrophysicist. Okay. The evidence that is being reported by these various, and this is coming to us from um, uh, researchers uh, Constantine Batigin and Mike Brown. Um, I think these they sit somewhere here. Caltech. Okay. 
So. So what do you think they would name it? That's a good, like, Planet Nine, you can't stay. Because they're. That's boring. Yeah, And it's no. not really Ninth Planet. Can't be a planet. It was a planet. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking, I think they're going to go something out of Star Wars or Marvel. You think so? I think they're going to. You don't think they're going to stay with the mythology? No, I think they're going to. Thing? I think they're going to get. No? I think they're going to give into pop culture no. and name it, I, sweetheart. It's just the way the world I works, man. It's about so. money because it's about getting more money for research. So you think they're going to name it like the Death Star or something? Or Vulcan, <laughs> or Tatooine? Oh yeah. my gosh, no, no! Please don't name it Tatooine. Anyway. <laughs> That's the science story. That would just be too hokey, though. I mean... Just so you know, we're at 20 minutes already. I know. That, that to me, just doesn't sound scientific. It's not, sometimes you got to give up the science All right, well, let's money. move on. Let's and go I'm, to the I'm story. not going to say much about the next one because... You don't want to talk about No, I'm done with Elon Musk. But this is, this is really... This is more of a humanity story than you know a tech story. I, he's a inventive guy so, and I've got nothing against him but I'm tired f- of hearing about him. So a few weeks ago he finally revealed what his strategy is to colonize Mars. So basically what he's proposing is over the course of 50 to 100 years to send um, hundreds of people at a time to Mars who would in turn set up a, a city and become a self-sustaining civilization. And, and the way he would do that basically um, would require space travel that is unlike we've ever done before. So he's heavy on reusable stuff. So basically the idea was build this massive, huge rocket, put like a hundred people on it, put them up into earth orbit with just their, with the hardware, but no fuel. Then the rocket that got him up there would come back down to earth, get refueled with this time fuel take it launch that's kind of um then fuel up the spaceship that has all the people in it that's a bit risky and then basically so how's he going to find 100 people that are will is he going to pay them tooth and nose well, that's out that's the, the thing, crazy thing cuz well, like mean, i'm telling you i would not go up there unless he's given my money bank to, well, here's to the, my family he, well, i don't know what his plan is because the, the story talks about I go up there for free no way no he's talking about people paying him like what? like two hundred thousand dollars no, $200, 000 no. are the, you kidding who would pay to be sent into it says, it says the, space the architecture allows for a cost on per ticket such a experiment like well, it is, but that's why it takes I would, 50 no to 100 way. years. I would, no, he would have to pay my family <laughs> some sort of stipend for, or he would have to promise if I did not come back, he would pay my family right. some sort of stipend. Like, there's no way I would go up there on my dime without him promising to pay if something happens okay so that's just too risky but here so here's what he's promising though so he there's gonna so this is think about this as one spaceship right yeah 100 maybe 200 people and it's gonna have things like movie theaters lecture halls and a restaurant um it will take okay so here's the other thing you have to think because keep this all in the mind Right now, it takes us with current technology six to nine months to get to Mars, right? Yes. If we've launched when there is a, a the right, you know, um, 
this new rocket he's building says it can make that trip probably in 80 days, depending on when you like, cause again, when you can only launch like every 26 months, there's like this ideal alignment of earth and Mars every 26 months. Mm-hmm. So he says that basically he can get it down to 80 days. He thinks he can get it down as low as 30 days. So, so let's assume worst case, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's only going to be a 30 day trip. It's going to from earth to Mars. It's going to take you 30 days to get there. While you're on board, you're going to have movie theaters, lecture halls, and a restaurant. And as Musk says, it will be, like, really fun to go. You'll have a great time. Then you get there. That's not enough, though. And now, while the mission, the goal is to create a self-sustaining colony. Yes. He also says, if you do decide to come back, because Mars is so much smaller than Earth, it takes a lot less energy to get off the planet. So who is going to go ahead of these people and build all of this infrastructure that they're going to no, live no, no. in and everything. It's very minimum. So the robots, he's going to send some robotic stuff, and maybe there will be some manned missions, but they're only going to do the minimal. It's actually going to be the settlers building their own city, just like And he when thinks people England, are going to pay for that? Pay for that, they're right. They're going to pay to build something to be somewhere explored. where no one has really spent an extended amount of time. But what about this? What if, like, we guarantee no. you some sort of, like, like, and he's, because he's, like, what if he would guarantee you, like, Congress would not tax your money? Um, anything How that, can you make money if you're up in space? Well, that's the thing is, you're, you're, he wants to create a <laughs> like, self-sustaining economy. Wait, wait, wait. On but, Mars, a civilization on Mars. So who's in charge that does payroll while you're up in Mars? I mean... You're, you're pointing out a lot of good questions. Is all that, like... I don't think I've been pointing it out yet. Does he have a skeleton crew of workers that are going to take certain responsibility? And, I mean, how do you determine how much somebody earned? Is it, like, a flat rate? I'm fee or you know. I'm I mean, assuming yes. Like a lot of that stuff would be negotiated ahead of time. And, like it would okay, become a business. If you're going, if you're going to pay someone, right? Or they? Why then would you take payment from them to go? I mean, that sounds like some sort of MLM scam or something. You know, this is like selling right. Avon or something like that. Let me pay you so that I can get other people to pay me. It just doesn't make sense. Like, why would he make them pay to then get a salary? So, so let me read this from the article itself. This is space.com. SpaceX, who was actually down in uh, Guadalajara, where he did this at the... Yes. He gave this at a... Uh, there was a space symposium. Um SpaceX will plan to build a solar-powered factory on Mars that will use carbon dioxide and water uh, in that it's already in the Mars's air and soil to generate methane and oxygen. That's the propellant that's used in this. It's called the Raptor engine that powers his, his, his spaceships. Mm-hmm. Um, Musk, here's <laughs> your point, Musk didn't discuss other aspects of the Mars colony. SpaceX is concentrating on the transportation architecture, reasoning that the colonists themselves will build the city they live in. So I'm no, assuming ridiculous. he's saying no. that, humi- that the people going will figure out okay, amongst no, themselves. See, the- no, I think he shoots himself in the foot with that because pe- the people who would be willing to pay him to go up in space are the people who would never lift a finger right, when that, they get up I there. agree with that. That's the hard part, right? Like if yes. you're if you're saying pay me to go And not only that, no you offense, have but people to that can afford somebody 000. that has skills right. that are 
that is able to do something And people that beneficial. can afford 200000 are probably the ones that run the businesses. Yeah, they're going to say, I'm not going skills. up there to work. Exactly. Um, like, and I think that's why he's kind of mum on those details. When it, He's like, he's really good at the technology. Because he doesn't know those details. He, doesn't he hasn't have, worked all that out yet. Yeah. But I mean... I'm sure there's a historical precedence. Like, so, like, you know, I, again, when the settlers came I to think, America, right? I don't right? think you can charge people to go up to build their own... Co- I I'll mean, just, no, no. I mean, look at this. So, what's the history, right? So, back in the day... Uh, yes, I know, like, rich, the Mayflower, yeah, people paid to come over to well, America and all that. I get that. But well, so, that was to avoid persecution. What was the combination? No. They're not running from anything It was here. a combination of things, right? So... So rich people bought like grants or deeds from the the king and yes. queen, right? Said, I, "If I go over to this foreign land, you're granting me the right to own some of this land that yes. I find, whatever I find." Now, that but was the rich Musk person. He's not doing that though with right. these people. He's just telling them, "I own it. You build it." Well, but then the, the, that's that, not right. That's I mean, your part, he's though. Not, he's not saying you'll get a deed for a couple acres of. Moon Rock, which you know. also gets into back to your point earlier about international law. What does international yeah, law say about? Yeah, then how does he decide? Well, I own it to give it to them. Like, what if somebody fought them over the so, fact so, that they like they could say you can't own this. It needs to be available to the pub so to what, the world worldwide. So back to this example, right? So while, this is just all kinds <laughs> of fail written over it. So, so back when the rich people. Back in the day, bought the grants or whatever to to come settle America, right? They, you're right. They needed worker bees, right? And how yes. did they get the worker bees? By people that they they played on people's emotional things for like religious rights, like say, hey, yes. you can be here and not be persecuted. They also said they also a lot of people came here as indentured servitudes, right? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get you. We'll pay for your fare. You get out of here, then you in turn owe me five, ten years yes. worth of indentured servitude, which we would today would call slavery. Yes. But what if, what if today we would say, say you were someone that had lots of debt or say you had a family member who was really sick. But if you're someone that has saying, lots hey, of debt, you go to Mars, you're probably not somebody who's got any skills to build anything on Mars or else you would be working and paying off your debt. Okay. So you're basically, <laughs> let's, to wrap this one up, you're not, you, you think there's some things that need to be worked out. I think out. there are many holes in the story. Yes. But they're not technological. That's the funny part, right? These are not technological issues. These well, are... See, the thing is, I can't speak to the technological issues because I don't know enough about the how and the why But I agree with your point. To speak to Those that. probably are a lot easier to solve, though, yes, than... than the social issue, of course. Social, which is funny, right? You would think... It should no, be the that's way it... the way life is. No. Like, that's... I, that's... I'm used to that. There you go. Because was well, a nerd, we're not. We see think. majoring in sociology. I learned that the social issues are what divide us. It's right. not the tangible physical issues that we can see, solve and right. fix. It are it's things that involve emotions and you know j- things that we can't control for. See, as, an, as, a, as a nerd and an engineer, we think, well, it's going to be like Star Trek. You're going to get these volunteers to join Starfleet, and they're going to be to go out there and do it because of the betterment of humanity. No. And dot, dot, dot. No. So. But that would even be a hard sell to somebody to convince them that, like, whose life are you better? Because 
even if I was somebody who would be inclined, you know, like really altruistic and say, okay, yes, I want to help humanity, blah, 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 it would still seem to me like I was just helping to pad Elon Musk's pocket. Given the details we know right now. Because he's going to just charge people to go over there and live. So, like he owns the joint, which I really don't think he has any claim to say he does. Okay, so notwithstanding all I think they need to figure out, like, universal law with regards to space before they start colonizing planets. So notwithstanding all that... If they had worked out the societal and the governance and all that stuff that we, when you would get there, you know, you'd live like in a, uh, it wouldn't be like planet of the, of the uh, uh, what was the flies? What was the, what was that old Lord, book? Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. Or, if yeah. we could promise you it wasn't going to be Lord of the Flies when you get over there, would you? But how could they promise you that? It was only, th- I'm assuming. I'm it's saying, so unknown. That's the thing. It's so risky. I'm just saying, assume. Let's assume for the sake of argument. We could have that. Say, say you weren't one of the first fifty. Maybe you were like you were the, like the last convoy to go over. Like, okay. Because he wants to. Let's but then still, that begs the question: How do you get the first fifty over there? So we're really I mean, peaking with our volume here. Let me turn it <laughs> down a little bit. Um, right. So here's my question, though: If if you were amongst the last, like say, yes, because here's the other thing I didn't talk about. So I talked about the one spaceship goes up, then the gas comes up. Yes. Well, that one spaceship stays in orbit until he like he's talking about like sending like a fleet of a hundred ships to all together. Like what be a if convoy. it gets hit by a comet or a meteorite or that's very real problems. Um, yeah, and it, and it's not like and big. You can't it's necessarily like tiny, control for that tiny because yeah. the, the the big threat's not the big guys, right? It's the it's the it's the little pebbles that could penetrate your. Yeah, um, I'm assuming all that gets worked out. Would you go? <laughs> If, if you know it was okay, let me put this away. They you, would have. It's a thirty day trip. You could come back after staying there for a year. Mm-hmm. I would somehow pay, you would be it would be financially it would be a financially incentive thing for you somehow. If it was financially lucrative to my family, thirty day travel. I would. I would. You have to stay a minimal one year. I would do it if. They were going to pay my family a certain amount of money okay. for me to do it. Yes. And assuming my family really needed that money. Yes. <laughs> that, I mean, that's a big... Well, I'm, you know, t- I'm tired of doing my day job that, here, so... <laughs> that's I really a need big, it. you know, variable in this is how much do you... How much does somebody need the money? And are the families who need the money necessarily going to be the best workers to have over there? I don't know. That no, like to me, that's a, you know, that that's just a um. That it's the two worlds don't jive necessarily. So, all right, we'll, we'll I leave think it at they're going to get people who bite for the experience. To make money that are not going to be the kind of people that they are going to be able to count on to do a whole lot. What happens if you get over there and you just refuse to work? So basically, let me put what this happens? Way. Right. So let me put it this way. You think that he's planning it, thinking that everyone's going to be Captain Picard and Captain Kirk, who's altruistic and does the right thing. But you think it's going to end up being a bunch of Han Solos and Jabba the yes, Hutt's. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that are hit for the money. Yeah. That's the best way to, to close I mean, it out. Wh- how, what is real estate development in America right now? 
who are the primary developers of real estate? 99.9999% of people are in it for the money. Flip this house and buy this house, make it better, sell it for $2 million more than I bought it. And no, honey, right. People, the, the, the quick... Get rich people quick. rarely do anything with regards to real estate unless they can make a profit. All right. We're going to leave it in that one. Right? I don't disagree. So why would Mars real estate be any different? Except I would argue that you couldn't, conf you could not prove to me that you own Mars. So, no. I mean, to me, that's just, that right there would cause me to probably not do it because I would be really mad if I went over there and built everything and then it was taken over by you know some rich real estate mogul who you know sells apartments to the 1% of the world and you know no gotcha all right <laughs> we're going to move on from that one cuz that right, was good yes. let's move on to the engineering story we'll try to be a little quicker on these um <laughs> An open source toolkit to build. So here's a question for you. Um, tiny homes. all this about building your own Tiny stuff, homes. Like, tiny homes, yes. right? So, well, so there's this new initiative called the Open Building Initiative, mm -hmm. um, which basically wants to put out for free, and not just free as in speech, but free as in, in money, uh, free as in beer. Um, <laughs> the cost, like everything about building a self-contained, a self-sustainable house. Okay. Smaller house. The plans. But, the, but not just the plans, but the tools to do it. Like you can like, you could still the customize materials? it. Not the materials. Okay. But they would tell you what materials that you would have to procure. Like if you want, you know, what, what do they recommend? Big, uh, you know, just because the tools and the plans are free, the materials are the big cost of it. Yeah, yeah. I, Not to mention, I know that you are, you know, heavy into the DIY maker movement and all this stuff, but I'm not so sure that the maker movement makes up a large enough amount of society where most people would be able to do this on their own. So what they're saying, so they they say, if you read this article, it's on opensource.com. Like, would you be able to build a house? Well, so here's the thing. Do you thing. think so? I mean, and you're extremely handy right. when it comes to woodworking. And, I mean, you make great things, innovative things. But a house? So here's the trade-off. Would you trust yourself to build your house? So here's the thing. You. So here's the trade-off, right? You. We think of a house today. Today, we call them, what, McMansions in here in the U.S.? Yes. Like, <laughs> So the question is, right? A huge, but huge house. But imagine to compare that to like the the house that your grandparent lives in, right? How yes. how's much smaller? How much more self-contained? How much more? So the point is, this group is trying to say is yeah, it's still, you know, it's still big enough and homey sure. enough that you don't feel like you're so the packed point, in there. The point know? is that the trade-off would be right. People would start living in smaller houses that you wouldn't need. Okay, these but huge, then what happens to the land, like? You would farm it. What? Yeah, but what do you do? You so this is talking about undeveloped land. I'm assuming. No, but this no, this is nothing about the land. This is simply says yeah, how, but you, how you, you have to have land to build something. Yes, but that. So that's what I'm assuming they're using land that has not been built on previously. Or, or right, or you buy a piece of land and tear tear whatever was down there, and you yeah, but build that back. house has got to be really bad if. 
it is financially you know lucrative for you to tear it down and build again versus rehabbing it right so anyway so it would have to be a pretty crappy house to tear it down so I think the point is that you know this decide a lot of this stuff started with like um with the United Nations, like the I know a couple of years ago, the United Nations was like, you know, every every couple of months, every couple of years, parts of the world break out in war, famines. We have these refugee problems. How do we build something that people could be quickly? Yes, I think what we're so just like seeing a little pod, <laughs> right? I think what we're seeing is now that it, that expansion to now the the fir, the, the third not the, from third world to the first world, and not not necessarily the richest rich, but I'm saying like the lower. Lower middle, like lower the lower class, the lower middle class, um, even a, a in further up into the middle class spectrum of, you know, some of it would just do it for you know some of it is yes I need to live I need to have a house and others are saying because of this whole sexy movement about living off the grid and being your own person, mm-hmm. um, downsizing downsizing and, that yeah that would, I I agree that's that's in vogue today right yeah. so I think what this is leveraging is that desire with the maker do it yourself thing so there's apparently a piece of software i'm not sure there's enough overlap there that that this would be that feasible is what i'm saying i mean yes i know there are people that would be able to do it no doubt but even people who are uh you know talented when it comes to making and building Building a house is a different thing. Like, you know, I love you to death, honey, and you are excellent with woodwork. I do not know that I would trust living in a house that you built. Okay. Because you're not a, you know, that's just not your profession. That's not what you right. learned. I'm not sure that you would have enough expertise in it to say... You know, this beam is definitely going to hold or, you know, that kind of well, stuff. Well, I think that's the point is that what they're trying to do is they're trying it to. It would have to be there. They would have to have home inspectors that were on their game completely. Right. Because a lot of them just come out and look around and say, yeah, 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 looks good, <laughs> fine. Pay me my $200, let's and go. done, right. Yeah. So, so I even that I would be reluctant to trust. Even if a home inspector came in and said, "Hey, it looks good," I would. St- I think my nerves would be shot the entire time I was living in that house because I would be waiting for the floor to cave in on the second floor or something. You know. Well, I think that's where. So, if you're interested, so it's openbuildinginstitute.org. Right? I mean, it's a great idea. They have a library, so they're using this free and open source tool called, what's it called, Sweet Home? Sweet Home 3D. And there are lots of people who, you know, like the people that build uh, houses for humanity and all that. You know, they a lot of those are regular people or even high schoolers or sure. college students. So uh, maybe if you have a foreman or somebody in charge who knows what they're doing who can sort of... But see, to me, this sounds more DIY than... Homes for Humanity or something. So anyway, so for for those of let me back, so if you're in the electronics world, there's this website called Octopart. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of years ago, they got this. They got they claimed some fame by coming up with what's called the Common Parts Library. So like for electronics, when I say I need a resistor, right? There's like literally 
thousands of flavors of types of resistors, right? Mm -hmm. And what these guys did was said, okay, look, we know that there's thousands, but for people that are doing like the, the maker and even the professional maker kind of atmosphere, which I kind of did, they said, look, look, here's the common stuff that you'll find cheap and easy. Let let the Sonys and the Microsofts, yeah, they need the weird whiz-bang resistors yeah. for their projects because you can't fix them. But for 90% of people that are doing this hobbyist, they said, look, here's the common parts library. So I think what's happening is Open Building Institute has created the house version of that octopart common part Except library. Except you just build the shell. But no, this is everything. This is furniture. This is the parts. This is the utility of the plumbing, the electrical. No. They should, no. Yes. You can't tell me that somebody, there's Photobuds. that jack of all trades exists in such plentitude that this many people are going to be building their own house. I think with a. I think that jack of all trades like that is a rarity and not the norm. <laughs> Honestly, we were into- yeah, I could I could see somebody that would be like, okay, I can build it, but then I'm gonna have to, you know, hire someone to come in and right. do the plumbing, the electrical, blah blah blah. Somebody that's gonna do everything. No, so, so uh, and build the furniture too. And they and they do, are you kidding? And they do caveat here that please note that although they were designed to be buildable, these conceptual designs have not yet been prototyped and tested unless otherwise noted. Oh, for goodness sakes! So they can't even guarantee the structural integrity of the house. Well, structural no. integrity is there's design, and there's how there's there's always the design, and there's how I'm the construction. Sorry, no, no. All right, this file this in the going up to Mars and building some rich dude's apartment for me because. All right, so if, no. again, if you're interested, openbuildinginstitute.org <laughs> slash library. Um, I think it's I think I think it will eventually. It's a good idea. I think it's definitely good, like in underdeveloped countries and things like that. But I think you have to have people doing it who know what they're doing. Like, I don't don't think you can just have an average Joe say, I'm going to build my family a house and have all the plumbing and the electrical. I mean, I I don't know. How about some art for you? Here we go. (laughs) The iconic Wizard of Oz slippers, the the ruby red slippers, are falling apart, Lisa. They're falling apart because it's been what? Well, it's been what, 80 years? 39 was the movie. So that's what? 80 years? Almost 80 years? Yeah. Um, so they're falling Except apart. Except these are like, well, I. Th- and they're owned by the Smithsonian. I seem to remember that there were a few pairs of ruby slippers. Well, it says, it says one of the most famous movie props of all times. Almost after 80 years after they were made, they are just. You no, know, it seems like this is like. One of uh, this was why it was one of the pair that was used in the film. Yes, yes, yes. It was one of the pair, but but I think I don't think it was just one pair right. that was used in the film. I think there were Probably. at least two or three. Yeah, that they There's nothing used. else. But I but mean, one my of the gosh, pair. they're eighty years old. Of course, they're falling apart. Like my shoes fall apart after a year. It's amazing they lasted this long. Exactly. So anyway, I think it's the fact that they are older is why they've lasted. This long, kind of like, you know, they don't make them like that anymore kind of thing. Because I was reading, it's the the polyurethane that they use for most of the soles of shoes now Dry, is like, what falls apart so quickly. Shoes that have um, a different, like, rubber heel hold up much, much longer than a shoe with, like, a polyurethane 
bottom or whatever. Something like that. So, so the, probably the fact that they were, you know, made back in the 1930s is probably why they've held up as long as they have. So the, I guess the news story said so they're owned by the Smithsonian. The, well, this this pair, this pair, yes, is owned by the Smithsonian National Muse- National Museum of American History. And I'm sure they've had it in a airtight, whatever, you know, yeah. yes. But the, again, the cool part of this news story, I guess, is they turn to Kickstarter. To yeah, I think that's funds. interesting. And I had to look up something about that because I was like, wait a second, they're a you know federally funded museum. Can they do that? And I, yeah, they can absolutely solicit donation and i knew they could solicit donations but i don't i guess i was confusing different Um, government things and you know private funds and stuff but yes they can they can absolutely go on kickstart solicit donations and it says if they do not get their total then they're going to give all the money back so here's where we're at lisa they asked for three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and it hasn't been up that long, has it? Nope. As of October twenty third, twenty sixteen, there's still twenty four days to go. Yes. It looks like it ends mid November. Yes. Out of the three hundred thousand dollars, they have raised two hundred ninety six thousand eight hundred ninety six dollars. <laughs> so I would They're say less it's than just 3, under 000. just over three thousand dollars yeah. left to go. All right. So then they'll make their. With 24 days to go. Yes. it's a, And it says part of what they're doing is not only restoring them, but they want the money to build a special enclosure for the shoes that would help to preserve them. It's like, um, I think they said it like a steel container filled with argon for That's some a, reason. It's an, well, argon's an inert gas. so it Okay. For some reason, that helps... Right. To, and I'm not it the science person of our relationship. Basically, so. r- organic materials can't break down okay, in okay. an inert gas. There's no oxygen, no whatever to break okay. down. Our but yes, they want to get someone to engineer and build this Basically, contraption to that it. will yes right. preserve and display the shoes while, you know, Making them less prone to fall apart. So let's see here. Let's go in a little bit more on the story. Uh, so, but isn't the Smithsonian federally funded? It's federal appropriations provide the foundation's operating budget and support core functions. However, we also rely on private donations to support many of our priorities, including <laughs> conservation. And you know what? It it's one of those things where. The government does what it wants to do with different things it wants to do it with. Like, like, like I don't. See I don't think there's any standard the, of well, this you can't have money for that. I mean, it's it's such a case by case basis with the federal government as to what you can do, what you can't do. I want. <laughs> I wonder if we can ever see. So, can we do this logic to pay for, like. DOD, like exactly by the Navy. No, you can't buy the Navy a new aircraft carrier. No, no. <laughs> let's kickstart that. See, that's that's what I. That's why I was curious. I was like, wait a second. I know that the Smithsonian solicits donations and stuff. You know, I, that's a no. You know, you know that just going there. But yeah, I was thinking. Wait a second. How do they use this 
And yeah, you're right. Like, okay, so what is the name? Like, that's going to be used for public, you know, protection, so to speak. Right. This is this for public. This is for public. Uh, culture. Cultural. Yes. Uh, uh, but, you know. yeah, so that's what I was wondering. Like, where, <laughs> where's the line drawn between appropriate, not appropriate? And it's such a case-by-case basis with the federal government. It's like... It you cannot even try to make sense of it because you it just doesn't. Well, let's see here. So you just have to take it for face value, take it for what it's worth, and move on because you, you're never going to figure out why the government allows one thing and not another. Well, the good news is you can pledge anywhere from a dollar up to let's see here the top of the line. And they have uh, some cool things for um, people who pledge ten thousand dollars. There's some, they have some cool, um, I was looking at their, you know, they do have some neat things. So a dollar just gets you their thank you. $10,000 will get you a custom museum tour and your name on the donor wall. And to a lot of people, that's, you know, a lot of people want their name on that wall for, you know, millions of people to see. And there's, let's see. I would argue that's not that altruistic. There's also a a $10,000 pledge where you, uh, it's called Ruby Slippers Up Close and Donor Wall. The Wicked Witch of the West can never get this close to the slippers, but you can. Come see the behind the scenes with your museum experts while they're being conserved. This exclusive access will be scheduled between September 2017 and April 2018 in Washington, D.C. Plus, you get your name on the donor wall. So you can actually go in and see them preserving. Uh, so wait, what did the other one offer you? The other Plus one the do- was just a tour. A, a tour of the museum, right? So wait, why? Why would you choose because that a, over getting to see the slipper? Because they, you're still getting a tour, right? The, well, they limited it to ten. So the first ten people can get the behind the scenes. Okay, okay. And once those ten are gone, yeah, but see that? Yeah, I would just be like, eh, you know, if. <laughs> As of right now, one person did donate for the ten thousand dollar to take uh, see it up close. Being I'm preserved. surprised there hasn't been more. Honestly, so there's, there's nine left. Because I think maybe this just hasn't been publicized too much yet. I think it's gaining traction from what I've seen, but. So the seven thousand dollar level got you replica of the ruby slippers. Okay. Those but were I, there was but, four of those and those are all gone. Really? Yep. See that to me that would be like. Couldn't you go to Payless and buy something that looks whoa, like the whoa, Ruby whoa. slippers? Probably that's what they're going to get. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> like who? What? What value is that really? I mean. I don't know. Just so you know. Because they're not the actual. It's okay. Gets you a replica. Well, a replica made by who? If you, you, know, you listen Jimmy to this, Jimmy Choo or Payless. I mean, that's a big difference. Listen, if you want to get to DC and take a behind the scenes tour, um, you got 24 days left to donate your ten thousand dollars. <laughs> all right, I'm not going to donate that, but no, <laughs> that's all right, out of our price range. Last story. Last right? story because we're almost at an all hour right, again. Math, yep. Math news. <clears throat> so babies, human babies, yes. uh, their spatial reasoning. Yes. As a baby predicts later math and to me this is like a duh 
Longitudinal because we have what's a known, longitudinal study? We have known for so long that spatial reasoning affects What is spatial reasoning? Spatial reasoning is the ability to manipulate an object in your mind, like 2D, 3D, 4D, the ability to turn the object, like to just think about turning an object in the correct way to make a pattern or something. So if I turn a cube this way, it, I would see what I think. Yes, in my see mind, it in I your think, mind, yes. I to be able to see it in your mind. Like there are, you know, you've probably seen those, we've all had spatial reasoning tests. Yep. Um, like where they give you a picture of, say, like a flat bunch of colored cubes in a certain pattern. And they say, can in your mind, can you fold the cubes such that they make a box or a so, square? And then which sides are correct next to each other, A, B, or C? So, Rick, so when I was joining the Navy, they gave you this test, uh, even, though, even if you weren't going to be a pilot, which I never understood, but anybody, uh, anyway. Because they just want to see how so you had a, do on it, probably. Right, I and mean, what it was was, like, they had a picture of a plane. It was, like, flying up, down, left, upside down. Yes. And then you had to say, then they gave you four pictures of what it would look like outside of the cockpit. Mm -hmm. Like, if you were in the cockpit looking out, and you had to say, based on that image of where the how the plane's, you know, yes. flying – what would you see in the cockpit? Yes. And that that's, was like, that's, so that's a spatial. And, and, you know, on a very, very, very basic level, think about the game Tetris. Right. When you're playing the game in your mind. You've got to think. When that to... piece comes out, you think, okay, if I put this piece with this piece, it's going to make this pattern. And you see it in your brain before you actually manipulate it in the game. That's spatial reasoning. And we have known for quite a while that spatial reasoning has a, a, um, a indicator as to how proficient you are with math, um, engineering, things like that. But I think this is probably one of the first tests they've been able to complete using infants right because it's, so it's it's hard to test an infant for spatial reasoning because they cannot talk and it, you have to be you know spatial reasoning they typically don't haven't tested historically until maybe your teens so what they're saying is they're they're tracking over time that's why this research yes. takes forever because they bring in well, a group of babies when they're a baby then they've got to wait a few years. And not only that, they've had to figure out a way to even know if the babies are right. using their spatial reasoning or not. And I think that's probably what has taken quite a while is they've been trying to, you so, know, come up with a way that is statistically sound and that tells you whether or not they actually are using spatial reasoning. So it says, they said, the, the researchers showed the babies a series of paired video streams. Both streams presented a series of two matching shapes similar to Tetris 
tile pieces, mm-hmm. which changed orientation in each presentation. In one of the video streams, the two shapes in, is, in every third presentation rotated to become a mirror image. In the other stream, the, sh- the shapes appeared only in non-mirror orientations. So just, I, just I, like falling down, right. not turning in the, yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> Eye tracking technology recorded which video stream the infants looked at and for okay. how long. The, the so t- the group of babies that looked at the mirror images are ba- probably the ones who later on still tested well for spatial reasoning. This is the type of experience called a change detection paradigm. Babies have been shown to prefer novelty. If they can engage in mental transformation and detecting the pieces occasionally rotate into a mirror position, that's interesting to them because of the novelty. Eye tracking technology yes. allowed the researchers to measure where the babies looked and for how long. As a group, the infants looked significantly longer at the video stream with mirror images. And see, I'm not so sure that that in and of itself proves that... Right. Well, says, they're using their spatial reasoning for the reason that they're trying to get at. Like, because they they admitted it themselves, babies like the novelty, and we all have the ability to use spatial reasoning. Well, so this is it. Then, it's not like some of us have it, some of us don't. We all have it. It's just what's, what's the degree right. of... Your proficiency with it. So this is they took the kids. They, they did these. They did the cat. The original test on the kids when they were six to thirteen months old. They brought them back when they were four years old. Mm-hmm. So that's what two, three years later, or three, three and a half yes. years later. The participants were again tested for mental transformation ability, along with along with mastery of simple symbolic math concepts. Okay. The results showed that children who spent more time looking at the mirror stream of images as infants maintained those higher mental transformation abilities at age and four see, for me, and performed better in basic math problems. For me, this study would still not be enough. I would need to see this study replicated again at like 10 years of age. Okay. And be able to test on more complicated mathematical things because there are many children who learn math at that young age, pretty much, in fact, many, many of them, through memorization. You know, one, two, three, four, you know, they they watch things over and over. So they just know three comes after four. So what you're it's saying an is- inherent knowledge thing. It, they're not actually using any sort of mathematical reasoning right. to get that four comes after three. It's just that... They just know it. Because we made them sit down and watch a TV stream and yes. they're just watching TV They've more. watched Elmo for so <laughs> right. long that-, that they know four comes after three. That doesn't make them smart. Right. <laughs> Well, it's <laughs> it's it's the causation it's the correlation versus causation. So I would want to see that study done again at ten years old when they are capable of doing more complicated okay. math problems where you need to think a little bit, and instead of just what's five times four or, you know, what's two plus two. Well, there we have drilled the answers to those. Wrote memorization. Common math problems, like 2 plus 2 is 4. I mean, kids don't have to think about that. Right. They just know. Because we've made them And that's what frustrated me so much about Common Core, because Common Core wants you to show how you know that 2 plus 2 equals 4. You can't. You just know it. It's <laughs> You cannot show... How to like 
oh, okay, draw two sticks plus two sticks equals four. Big that's, one, uh, that's nothing. Like, what nothing. in the world does that teach our kid? Nothing. But well, I'm not going to get off on it. We're going to come back in six years. We're going to get back so. in six years and what and see where they get. And with this. yes, and you know Haley, it, Haley was put into advanced math and language arts in middle school, and she seems to be doing really well so far with it. And they they still use Common Core, but it is a little bit of a departure from the rigid common right. core that they use in elementary school. Right, I think. And, and well, Maryland in general, I think, is one of the states that's starting to pull away from it. And I don't know Letting teachers that. have more freedom. <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> but, but, that's the rumor. Well, we'll see. But, yes, I know that the gifted and talented program that they are using at the middle school to teach the math is a bit of a departure from the normal rigid common core math curriculum and she is doing probably better this year in the advanced math class than she's ever done in elementary school we've always had to help her with things this year she pretty much can do it herself that's just because we're awesome parents so that well i think that's a testament to the teacher and a testament to the curriculum being tweaked a little bit to you know not rely so much on the common core principles gotcha well, i think we're gonna leave it there yeah because <laughs> it's been an hour because i can go off on another hour talking about common core and i'm not going to do that and i've got to get back to watching agents of shield i started i wa- i binge watched season three this past couple days this weekend is that any good it was actually really good because really? It, it, they brought the inhumans in yeah. Which were uh, one of the guys that I'm, or the we groups just, I'm fan We just live in such a comic book culture now. It's yep. like, ugh. I'm, I'm four, not a comic book person. I'm not a superhero person. I'm not, you know, that's just, meh. Well, so, so <laughs> I the, can take it or leave it. We've had the Shield, so Brother the Humans. Netflix just had Luke Cage, which was the following yes. one, to uh, kind of paralleled with um, Jessica, Jones. Jessica Jones, which yeah. tied in with um, Daredevil. And we're getting ready to get Iron Fist here in March. Was Luke Cage as good as Jessica Jones? I thought it was... Yeah, I mean, it was equally good, but for different reasons. I thought... Okay. Um, Luke Cage... Because, you know, the thing that interested me in Jessica Jones was the David Tennant character. Yes. So they, I thought that really gave that more depth. Well, yes. And the, and the, it the, was disturbing, yes. But I thought it gave it a bit of depth that the comic book stuff usually doesn't have so i would say that the science so the bad guy in this uh, the bad guys in this one was there was a lot less um psychological well it was much more it was like the bad guys were just bad guys there was like they had some things about it was more this one was more toned i would say social strife like it Obviously, with all the issues going on in like our Black real world, Lives right? That this like was that. a way okay. to kind of have a discussion about that okay, in a okay. way that was not well. That political. makes sense because the Luke Cage character is African American. Right. Well, and he was born out of the original um, social, you know, social. Well, I um, assume he's that correct. He's yes. Okay. Yeah. So you know, he he was born out of the original 
um, so you know, civil rights movement. And now I think what they're doing is they okay. uh, what I thought was good is they oh, the updated character it. it was developed in response in the civil to rights. that. Oh, okay, I didn't era. know that. Um, so, so then, yes, it makes absolutely perfect sense as to why they would mirror so was some good, of the social issues that we're dealing which is, with right. now with the comic. Yes. So that's that why I was thinking. So sense. I think that was a good use of that character to have so that too, social dialogue. That probably got some of the younger kids interested in it a little bit, too. Um, and then, you know, and then just in general, Marvel's doing a great job of tiring all the, like, especially the Netflix series, because, um, you're not hamstrung with like, oh, it's got to be PG or PG thirteen. We've got to. I mean, they 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 let's yeah. they, they freely use the N word throughout the show, yes. but it was done in a way that was again not not for a shock value. It was meant to be a part of the social discussion. Would you let Haley watch it? If she not at watch eleven it? years old, probably. 15. Why? Because of the language or violence or what? Because the language doesn't bother me, and I know I'm an odd right. duck in that, but she, you know, in the age of YouTube... I think the violence is more of Okay, in the age of YouTube, there are so many people that say so many things that I think children these days are desensitized to words that we were extremely sensitive oh, to well remember like when the simpsons came out and he said eat my short yeah like, and everybody was, controversial or me or, 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 yeah everybody was like oh sucks. my gosh yeah how how yeah like, that was like a beavis and butt that was terrible yeah and now today it's kind of like you know now he, today there's an f word in a song that they play right. on the radio <laughs> yeah and you're right i think part of that is <laughs> kids are just desensitized now whether that's a good thing or a bad thing you know, it remains to be seen. But I personally, I have not noticed a correlation with kids being desensitized to it and then using it more freely in their vocabulary. No, I don't see that. I at haven't all. seen that. So it com- to, again, you know, it comes down to parenting. You, you I ha- wouldn't. I wouldn't mind Haley watching something that was, you know, that had a message. Right. Even if it had a lot of foul language in it, because I know that she is not going to use it in her right. conversations. And, it, you know, she knows it's p- better than that. I just come to it at the end of the day, it's... Now, the violence, you know, yeah. That, well, no, any of it, because at the end of the day, sex, violence, the profanity... It's it is the reality of our world. I mean, yes, you know, I think at her age, the sexual stuff bothers me more right now. Well, that's because and it's not because of the content per se. It's because she has a very limited knowledge of sex and sexual things, and to learn and listen and you know that that's awkward at her age and it's just something that she doesn't understand because she's not really old enough to think in terms of that stuff you know she knows basic things about sex the the mechanics of sex yes but she does not know some of the more you know right she understands day-to-day terms and things and yes which and then you know that's why you know you know i mean she now she knows like suck my d 
you know, she probably is her, she probably knows what that means, but she doesn't equate it right. with a man getting pleasure. Right. It's, She's just like, okay, you know, somebody might suck that, but she doesn't know what what they get from it. Right. She doesn't know necessarily about oh he's going to ejaculate and have an orgasm. No, she doesn't. Well, that's officially get that. made this episode not safe I'm for sorry. work. <laughs> Well, we were there. We go, NSFW. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think that in and of itself makes it. it NSFW. There's some people that. Oh, really? I mean. Well, I I apologize if I offended anybody, yeah. but on I mean I'm of the opinion that, you know, sex is just a part of life, right. and which is I think I think actually that, think by that logic, then Jessica Jones was probably a harder show to watch because yes. that dealt with sexual assault. Exactly. That, yeah, the, that's, that's what my point was, was that I would probably let her watch Luke Cage before I'd let her watch Jessica Jones because she would not be able to comprehend the sexual assault stuff right. at her age because, thank God, she has never had to deal with anything like that. Right. And I hope she never does. You know, so I think that's a touchy subject all around. So, yes. The, yeah, you but know, I think the, the point is that I think, you know, for all the strife that this. But it's important to learn is, about. Right. You well, know, it is no matter I, how. Because I think we're finally, we're dealing. Because I think the issue that people are we're having. We're admitting it happens. Right. The, yeah. The, everybody says, oh, this is so bad. But the reality is we're finally having the discussion that we never had. Yes. And so over time, I think we the will see. The discussion our parents would right. never have had right. with us. Like, you know. Yes. To get around saying, you know, like, you know, don't dress provocatively. Whereas maybe the message should be teach your son don't to rape people. You know, the, I agree yes. with that concept. Like, don't victim blame. It's a it, crime. That dressing provocatively is not a crime. Yes. Raping someone against their will is a crime. Exactly. Don't do the crime thing. And I think that kind of discussion just never you been happening. You have to learn how to act on your impulses. And same thing with the and, ra- with race. You know, just because you have an impulse <laughs> right. because someone is dressed a certain way does not make it okay <laughs> for you to assault them right. in any way. You know, and, and that's the same thing with the, with, no. with the whole, with the whole, you know, the baggage and history with slavery in this country and, <laughs> you know, the right and wrongs that have, you know, been suffered by uh, lots of people. You know, we're finally, ha- basically, not saying that I have the right or wrong answer to that, those kind of questions, but I think the point is we're having the discussion and that's the healthy point. Yes. I think, I think it's I interesting think that it's I think the kids today are much more socially aware right. than we were at our age. Right. And, I think that's, and that's a good thing, I think. I think that's interesting. That's, it's a comics. lot of people don't see that as a good thing because they think that exposing kids to that stuff just sort of leads to it. It's the opposite, right? It, exactly. It's, it is it's the, the opposite. It's the, yeah. it's the hiding from it. The education that of makes it. it the edgy, right. It's makes like them know it's not okay. You know, this is, Education it is not is okay to do these certain right. things. Yes. Hiding it from people only makes it, when you make something a taboo, yes. then you give it in, you give you it. You are only as sick as your secrets. Right. Yep. You give it, you give it undue power when you make yes, it a taboo. Whereas exactly. if you confront it for the truth that it is and the reality and you say these things, you look, here's reality. This is what happens. That doesn't give you the right. It's not right. It's not, you know. And sometimes when something is a taboo, it makes people more interested in it. Right. Because, so you've got to just to oh, say, here it is. it's something that's not, you know, normal. Yeah. And it's not something that's accepted, so that's something I want to know more about. You know, it's it's kind of like the more you keep from kids, 
the more they're going to seek it out. And then they're going to they're going to seek it you out know? from sources that are probably not, not good as to reputable. explain that kind right. of yes, exactly. People that have a political agenda that they exactly. want to push or people well, not that just have, political, just right. You know, Along, any sort of socio-economic right. whatever type so. of anyway that was cultural the, agenda, whatever it is. That but. was the shadow sixth. Article for the. Week. I don't know how do we get. Yeah. I was saying I've got I've got to go watch but... Agents of Shield. Yes. Because it's got the. Um, yeah, and then we got talking about Luke Cage. Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ghost well. Rider's on the season. But see, that's that's good. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Yeah. We're at an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> We've only got to shave off forty-five minutes next time. Oh my goodness! All so. right, wait, but you know that this was our. This inaugural the, back yes so okay that's how cut us a little it. slack and we will promise to be more mindful of the time next time sounds like a plan okay sounds All right. good to me so with that um i'm gonna save anything else for gears of resistance we'll hopefully i have a yeah i think you should save all the product stuff yep. and that kind of, i think that should be gears of resistance so check yeah. that out basically gears of Re- from now on gears of resistance.com you'll find everything that we do that's all the all- more technical well, it's everything. Well, Gears of Resistance is the only website now. You just go. Oh, to okay, okay. Steam Power Podcast will be there. Gears of Resistance and my blog will all be on the same oh, site. Oh, okay. And you, it'll be hashtagged. It'll be like if you want. If you're all only right. interested in the Steam Power stuff, just click the hashtag for Steam Power. If you're okay. only interested in the Gears, but how of would they know? Because I broadcasted in every every news story and every website and every pro- I okay. tweeted it, Facebooked it, okay, Instagrammed all right. it, all right. It's basically, I didn't want to have to have my blog website, Gears Resistance website. Yeah. And Steam. I wanted to just be able to update. And so if you go to steampowerpodcast.com. It, it redirects you back to Gears Resistance. Okay. Now. All right. Cool. That's cool. Yep. So, and we'll keep that cool. for another year or so. All and right. we'll shut that down permanently. But anyway, that's all we got for this week. Yep. Thank you all very much for listening. And because you ain't watching no more. <laughs> And uh, leave us your comments at the, on below in the in the Gears of Resistance, or follow us on all the Twitter feeds. You can find that on the page. Follow you on the Twitter feeds because I am not much of a tweeter. And I will relay it back to her. <laughs> I just I don't I haven't gotten into, and I don't know why because it seems like something I would absolutely love it would be like Twitter and Instagram. I just Snapchat. I have not. It's not your thing. Gotten into it. It's like I don't care i give zero you know what it's just i don't care (laughs) i didn't say it there you go nor did i even i didn't even allude to it so well i just said i give zero you know what i hear you (laughs) so again last time we'll say it gearsofresistance.com head over there you'll find everything else links to everything all right so thank you all again very much for listening and until next time uh, stay, stay quirky, quirky and keep it steep. Wait up.